It's 11.13. And as I promised you, um, I have got a guest here on Soundbite. Soundbite is your chance to actually share your food memories. And my guest today is wellness coach Muskan Samdani. She joins me uh, to tell me a little bit about herself and uh, the food that she likes. Now, good morning to you. Good morning and hello, Sadia. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me in this stunning studio of RDHK. And such an honor and privilege to sit here (laughs) across from you and talk about my favorite topic which is food well it's lovely to have you and um you know although you know looking at you seriously if you uh saw her she's sitting opposite me she's very very slim very pretty (laughs) and um i doesn't really look as if you eat too much food there well, that is a misconception that I think is um, definitely something that needs to be clarified. And the idea about fitness has always been associated with this particular image of a way a body should look. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to be said about that. And it's a whole different subject and topic on its own because really can we measure how healthy someone feels internally by the way they look and their okay. body shape and their body type. So I've always, for example, been on the skinnier side growing uh-huh. up. and in fact, if you can even say I was underweight, but who would have thought that I would have gained 15 kilos post um, oh, having wow. my kids? Okay, we're going to talk about that in a All few right. moments <laughs> because she is a wellness coach. And actually, before anything else, really, you know, Soundbite is just an opportunity for people to sort of come in and talk about a particular memory that they have. So if I was going to ask you now, what would you say is a particular food that suddenly comes into mind when you think about it? So honestly, before I even get into that part of sharing a favorite food memory, there's something quickly I want to delve into with the connection of food and emotion because it plays such a huge role in how we associate and go to certain categories of food because we have a memory attached to it. And oftentimes this term of emotional eating comes into play because of that, because food is symbolic of celebrations, festivals, gatherings, you know, your time around a dinner table with your family Mm. and just so much. There's a huge element of nostalgia that's attached to food. And it's almost like music. You can feel like you time traveled back to that exact yes, moment. absolutely. When you see something, how that's it felt. Right. Uh-huh. So, you know, for someone, for example, it could be like M&Ms. When growing up as a reward, your parent gave you a, you know, a pack of M&Ms because you did well at school. And so now when you grow up and you sort of look back at that void, you feel when you haven't done something, you know, well enough, you go back to those M&Ms and there's that emotional eating attached. So that's something to be mindful of when you think of food memories and almost be aware of why do I have this so association. So tell me about your food so, memories um, now. It's it's amazing when I think about food memories because it's all to do with my mother. And she yeah, loves- it usually is. It's amazing how many people actually come on the program and it goes straight back to their childhood. Yeah. It goes back to their mother or their grandmother. Yeah. So for you, it's your mother. It's my mother who loves cooking. I mean, she could be in the kitchen for 18 hours a day and enjoy every second of it and just the joy she gets in feeding her family. And I think that always got us ex- excited as kids because we sat on that dinner table thinking oh my gosh like the moment I'm gonna have this first bite she's gonna jump and ask oh how did you like it and you know what what is this new thing like so for me I particularly remember this um, memory around mangoes so for example for for Indians in the summer Alfonso mangoes is a huge thing oh yes so the moment you think about them they're just delicious with this beautiful orange bright orange that's put right in front of you and all you want to do is devour so um 
for me, it was the idea of having it three times a day during the summer. You know, your breakfast started with mango milkshake, your lunch had mangoes in it, your you know dinner had some some portion of mangoes in it. So everything was around this happy moment of having mangoes together. Mm-hmm. So that would be my, my favorite memory of uh, my childhood with my mom and having um, this, this yummy so, dessert. So when you get hold of sort of Alfonso mangoes now, is that something that you, does that always come into your mind of, of your childhood? It actually does. And there's, there's that association, emotional association with that food because I miss my mom here in Hong Kong and she's far back and in Canada. And she's in Canada. Canada. You're, you're originally from Canada, That's right. You? Yeah, I've been in Hong Kong. Kong for over 12 years but you always feel that worry when you miss your family so what do I do in the summer I jump on the mangoes the moment <laughs> they arrive in Hong Kong but as a wellness coach I've realized over time what's important is to see whether or not it still serves what it was serving at that time and whether hmm. or not your body really requires as many of those yeah mangoes. I suppose going back when you're a child um, you're using a lot of energy and you know you need and, and mangoes are packed yeah. full of energy and I would say I mean they're reasonable fattening aren't they they are high in sugar sugar, (laughs) as much as we'd like to say that they're not um so you know we'll talk about the kind of foods in a few moments but before that you know for yourself you you have like two children and do you can you see at the moment because you're almost you're building those memories at the moment um can you see at the moment that there's particular foods that they always ask for and you can see almost that those memories are being built as you speak absolutely there's such a correlation and it's it's almost like you see you're reliving your childhood when you become a mother and you you feel like you're you're automatically back into that exact situation that you were in as a child and now you are playing this role as a mother and having to you know offer these nutritious meals but at the same time being mindful about the content of sugar and you know how much salt and sodium and I think nowadays there's so much awareness about the detrimental effects of what sugar can do to a child's brain and so when you learn about these things and you realize that may not have been a part of your childhood as much, mm. but it is something to be aware of and and yet make it joyful and and fun and have that conversation around a dinner table about how much you enjoy that particular food. So for me, it comes from a place of joy for myself. And, and obviously, this whole thing about um, you know families sitting around a dinner table, this is a crucial part of it because they do say actually that you know so many people will actually end up eating a lot more if suddenly they've got a TV dinner, they're sitting in front of the television, they have a tray in front of them, they just keep gobbling and and there's lots of snacks and things like that. So it really does um, pay to actually have a discipline of sitting around the table with your Absolutely. family. Absolutely. I think it's just become such a norm where we, where we don't even question the screen time anymore. I know we're all aware and we try to cut down on the screen time, especially for our children. But when we think about it for ourselves, how many of us are actually making an effort to be having a quiet dinner time? You know, just And the screen decent. time could be a phone as well that's yeah. sitting at the table. Now it's with become you. a phone, an iPad, a laptop. You know, we think it's no more a TV and we take pride in saying, hey, I don't watch TV anymore, but really there are so many other alternatives that we're going to, even checking our messages while we're sitting on the dinner table and so on and so forth. And, you know, people are making this a ritual where, okay, once a week, we're going to have no screen time around dinner table. But really, do we have to make it a ritual? Can it just be something that we, you know, naturally enjoy as as well? That's right. Because I think in the past, it was very much, there was no real question. You might have had the TV on, but generally people may have had separate dining rooms and things like that. But it was almost like you did sit down and that that was the time that you did discuss 
discuss certain things that were going about your day, for instance, yes. and and things that you may have seen or people that you talked to. Absolutely. So I think that was a kind of vital part of it. So so it was that definitely the mangoes. Is there anything else that sort of comes into mind when you think? Well, about there's yourself? tons. I mean, um, you know, like I said, for my mom, veggies was a huge part. So again, I appreciate the diverse palate that I have today, especially after being married, and I see my husband's not so yeah. <laughs> a bit of a fussy palate, and I realize I'm like, thank you, mom, for just like you know making food such a joy and just bringing everything out on the table and making sure that we enjoyed every bit of it. Because now I don't question, mm. I don't look at and food. Do you get and your kids to kind of try everything new and you know they don't I mean quite a few kids will just say no I don't like that I don't like peas yeah so do you actually then make a point that listen you, you should try it at least so here's the thing I've, I've switched the the conversation a bit as opposed to saying you should try this I always say how much I love it mm -hmm. and I feel that that changes the dynamics a bit where I'm not telling them what to do but I'm telling them what I love mm -hmm. and then it's a choice and if and it becomes a choice where they freely move into that space and say hey yeah I want to try this because mom likes it mm. we oftentimes are the biggest role models for our kids you know as parents they really look up to us to do the kind of things that we do so when I tell them I'm a wellness coach and you know I just love food and I love that I can make people feel better about their health and their bodies and they're like hmm okay this is great you know <laughs> I want to try this out and so I find that a bit more effective as opposed to going the other way around and feeling frustrated when they don't try something that I suggest mm. Mm. okay moving on a bit I just really wanted to ask you now it's always a bit of a dilemma when people are trying to lose weight or stay fit um, you know suddenly you do have this great pang of hunger and then you just grab what's in front of you or you look in the fridge so what are the kind of go-to um, items of food that you would recommend that people eat you know, which are not going to have a detrimental effect, which are good for you as well. What would you say? So there's definitely, you know, a whole lot that can be spoken about when it comes to the kind of foods that we can go to in terms of, you know, healthy alternatives. I um, mean, there's a lot of study and, and articles that one can read about. But what I can simply say is, and almost the word that I just use is simplicity. When you go towards your meal preps as in, um, you know, almost sort of an idea of keeping it simple without the um, added ingredients, you know, too many sauces and too many flavorings and making it, you know, super indulgent, you almost enjoy the meal for what it is as opposed to going for the refills because that's what the sauces are there to do. Mm. They almost make you tempted to go back for that refill and then feel like you've overeaten. Yeah. That's an interesting point because I know that sometimes, you know, you buy salad boxes, right? And the salad boxes have um, the dressing in them, right? The salad in itself is great for you. And, right. um, a little drizzle of lemon and perhaps a bit of olive oil will yes. do the job. But those salad dressings are the things that pack a punch in terms of calories, don't Absolutely, they? yeah. So you so. got that right. I mean, this is one of the things that I tell my clients all the time and they feel like, okay, well, I'm reaching out for that salad bowl. I'm already feeling so good about myself because I've taken this step to eat a salad. And I feel like, well, you don't have to really resort to feeling like you have to just go for the salad. You can include your healthy carbs, your healthy fats. There is no problem about having a balanced diet, but be mindful of the adding added flavorings, the sauces. Yeah, sauces are very, I think, they're they're quite a dangerous Absolutely. thing i mean even if you think about you may have like i like you know sweet potato fries and things and mm. and sweet potato is lovely but you know quite a few people then need to have like lots garlic of ketchup <laughs> or garlic yeah exactly or garlic mayo yeah. or just chili you know chili sauce or something and and ketchup and and these sauces 
are packed. And I suppose to a certain extent, a lot of um, Chinese sauces that are available on the shelf yes. are pretty much packed with lots of sugar and things like that. High sodium, absolutely. And mm. what that can do to your body, again, it's just lots of water retention, you know, and then you wonder why the weight is fluctuating all the time. But it's really these meals can have a huge impact. Um, so my, my first advice would obviously be have a balanced diet. Don't cut out any portion of food groups right away because you'll be shocking your body. And that may have a good benefit, you know, sort of an effect in the short run, but in the long run, it's not sustainable. So go for your healthy carbs, go for your healthy fiber, have your lean protein. That's, that's again, super important. So if I can give an example of a meal that I would do for my lunch would be like a sauteed spinach or a sauteed choy sum with some garlic and ginger in it for like flavorings with, you know, a side of, um, say, a fish fillet, which is steamed or air fried, or even lightly pan fried, it's completely fine to Mm -hmm. have olive oil as part of your cooking routine and have a little bit of steamed rice um, and again this is this is a great so would you go for meal. white steamed rice or brown I would say white is completely fine uh-huh. um, you know rice in general has a low GI glycemic index which is you know considered healthier um, but if you can do brown which most people have an acquired taste they may not take to it and they feel like oh my gosh I'm dieting and I feel like I'm mm, getting it's actually know, quite nice it's got a nutty nutty flavor and it, it's, is. It, is, it is quite nice it is, yeah. but I've had clients who just resort to comfort levels and you know when it comes to that and I'm like do the white rice it's completely fine as long as at least you're doing your portions right um, you know feeling good about it don't overeat it it's 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 completely fine so that would be sort of my go-to there's there's tons of options in Mexican for example as well where you can add the tanginess the the sort of flavors the spiciness with the jalapenos and and yogurt um, Greek yogurt dressings where you don't have to go towards these fat filled oh yeah because there are quite a few dressings like you know cheese and chive and these sort of things which are available on the shelf but you really don't know the amount of kind of oil content because a lot of these things I've seen somebody making hummus right (laughs) and seriously um the amount of like, and they weren't using olive oil, they were just using like sunflower oil or whatever. The amount of oil that was put into that and it was frothed up, it was froth <laughs> up really. And it made a lovely light mixture without a doubt and it was yeah. tasty. But I didn't realize at that point that, because I usually make it at home, yeah. just the amount of oil that goes into that. Yeah. I mean, I must say, Sadia, you're a fantastic cook as well. I had the pleasure of trying some of your well, goodies. And- I've kind of, uh, well, you know what it is? I think you have to adapt your whatever you like you Mm. have to adapt it and I think if you do see things outside that you like then it's not a bad idea to go and check out the recipe and perhaps think okay I can do this but I can cut out this or I can use olive oil so I think you know but but generally, you know, if you're trying to, what are the good, the best sort of snacky foods that you can have? Like you mentioned the whole thing about salad and kale and stuff like that. Um, what other sort of items? So snacking is is definitely an important part of, of our daily routine, more so because of how active we are today in terms of our work routines, being there with our kids, um, you know, social gatherings and so on and so forth. We're sleeping the least we ever have. And that just means that our body constantly needs fuel. It needs to be able to run efficiently and needs some kind of you know energy that's coming from snacking now snacking can again be a very dangerous area where Mm. some people feel like all right let's jump for you know a a bag of chips or indulge into something that's you know going to give them that spike of energy and feel good right away Mm. but it's definitely going to have them uh, you know drop in their insulin levels and you feel like your your blood sugar is just completely you know down and you feel like you crave things right away after that 
So the idea for snacking is, again, pre-plan it. So if you're sitting at your desk, have, you know, a jar of nuts around you, have, um, you know, maybe protein balls that you can prepare at home with like healthy dates and nuts and things like that, mm-hmm. or have boiled edamame, you know, available to oh, you yeah, all day. Oh yeah, which is lovely. It's edamame amazing. Is really it's been nice. my favorite snack to go to. It's full of proteins. It's, you know, it's got that yummy crunch. You can And you can get edamame of- beans. I mean, you know, you can pick those up easily uh, at any, um, you know, fruit shop, uh, you know, yes vegetable shop and stuff and you can get a whole bunch of them. I just find that if you steam them and put a bit of soy sauce yes. they just taste really yes. lovely just like that don't they? Coconut aminos when you do soy sauce by the way. Oh, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a healthier way to do soy sauce and it's oh. not got the high sodium content Yeah, because and it tastes pretty salty. much just like it and oh. super healthy. Okay. So yes absolutely you know edamame is a great source. You can even go for like rice puff crackers that you get these days which mm-hmm. is again giving you that crunch. What I do is I would layer, layer it with some avocados and some like smoked salmon and have it as a snack. So all of these are great healthy ideas. Um, You know, I would just say that don't go for the checklist. Go for how you feel with these foods and be present, be aware of what you're eating. That's the most important Brilliant. thing. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to, we'll come back and just get a couple of just top tips of the main types of foods that you can pick up, right? Uh, <laughs> now, just before you go, um, I just really wanted to ask you about, you know, I, I always find it's, it's kind of difficult to know, you know, what sort of things to pick up to eat because, you know, when you're hungry, you just think, okay, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. So the best things to keep in your fridge or in your cupboard to keep you going but without kind of say putting on too much weight or anything like that so um if you're a vegetarian or, or, or non-vegetarian, either way, beans are a great resort to go to. If you can leave them in your fridge boiled um, and ready to go in the morning and toss it in with some, you know, bell peppers and stuff like that and add some lemon on it and stuff, it can just make a really great snack or mm-hmm. a meal, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to do it. Now, you can always add lean um, protein to it, which is, you know, either chicken or fish or prawns. Again, can go very well with the entire um, base of that. But I feel it's just a very easy easy way to throw things out from the fridge and you just go on with your box and you know go on with your day you can also like I said add edamame Um, you can leave some boiled corn in your fridge as well and all of these can be great um, to reach out to when you're in a rush in the morning absolutely Mm -hmm. and I would also recommend starting your day with a really good substantial breakfast Um, and when I say that I don't necessarily mean you know massive waffles and pancakes (laughs) and um, you know have your uh, you know uh, substantial (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, have have a healthy smoothie or make it, you know, a fresh fruit smoothie. You can add your favorite fruits in it. You can add chia seeds to it. Have like almond milk to make it a little bit more non-dairy. And again, that can just give you a good push to the start of the day where you feel healthy. You feel in a good place. You don't feel like your energy levels are, you know, out of the roof and then all of a sudden at the bottom. So that would be sort of some of my, um, you know, ideal ways to start the day and to go on um, so that you don't get into the binge. And obviously, if somebody is trying to lose weight, just before we go, the best, it's not something that you can do suddenly. It's something that's going to take time. It's almost a change of lifestyle to in in order to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a saying that goes that, you know, you don't have to be amazing to start. You just have to start to be amazing. So just start with whatever it is that feels like an easy into the fitness world, whether that is, you know, starting with some movement, you know, if you want to really go out to a gym and start doing 
doing it, although that's definitely the number one. When people think of fitness, they think about let's get a gym membership. But definitely look at the 21 I think walking outside is actually yes. good enough for I've I've done that. I didn't people underestimate yeah, yeah the benefits of just, just having walking. a brisk walk yeah. and and being mindful of our food because the 21 meals we have in a week are going to have way more of an impact as opposed to the seven times you go into the gym. So look at those meals, you know, be mindful, be aware, see what's being put on your plate, whether you need that much of it or not. And how does that make you feel afterwards? You know, are you feeling energetic? Or are you feeling like you want to go to sleep? Mm. And that will tell you whether or not you put the right stuff in. Brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on the program today. It was an today. absolute pleasure. Thank you so and much. I'm going to have to dig out some mangoes now. because <laughs> You've got me thinking about mangoes. Mm. Actually, the I would say that the equivalent to some kind of Alfonso mangoes, because hard to get sort of Indian mangoes around, yeah. but I would say that the Chinese little kidney mangoes mm. are absolutely delicious and they have a real nice fragrance. If nobody, if you haven't tried them, and I'm sure you have, but you know, you can see them in all the fruit stalls and many fruit stalls in Hong Kong. So do try those little Chinese um, kidney mangoes. They are delicious. That's a great tip. <laughs>